Hi, I'm Sammy Shulman. I'm Josh Siegel. And I'm Aaron Kirkpatrick. And welcome back to The Floater. Today launches what will be known as Base Week. I just came up with that on the fly. I hate it. We will think of something else. Baseball. But for now, Yeah, why did you get week, this ball? Well, I wanted to make it one word, but we can just stick with Baseball Week. That's fine. So it's Baseball Week here at The Floater. And, of course, when you think baseball and floater, you think Josh Siegel. And we have him today. Josh, how are you, buddy? I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm good. You feeling pumped? You feeling ready to uh, watch the Orioles? Lose. Some... I'm more than ready for this Orioles season. I'm more ready than I've ever been. All right. Yeah, makes sense. Been a long time since we've had sports, at least for Josh and I, that were really interested. I know Aaron's a big soccer guy, so he's had that going for him. But it's been, you know, four and a half months since Josh and I have really been invested yeah. in some live sports. So today we are doing AL over-unders. That's right. We're using uh, CBS Sports, uh, their lines. So, or not lines, but their predictions. We want to start at the, do you guys want to start at the top or the bottom? Start well, we'll start, we'll go division by division, right? That works. Yeah, we'll start it with the makes more sense in my opinion. But um, I, uh, I want to quickly say, like, I think I did the math, and it was something like 38 wins meant like 100. I think that equated to about 100. and Because 38 was like the highest over and under out of anybody, and that yeah. equates like 108 wins or it's something not, like no, that. It's not 108. It's like 102, 103. 40 is 108. Okay. So, yeah. So, I, just to give like a – like I tried not to think about it like that because at first I'm like, oh, I'll just think like – other than thinking about, like, a 500 team, I don't think it makes sense to think about it like that because you just have to – I the way I did it, and before we start, maybe we can just talk about, like, how we decided it. Um, I thought about just saying, oh, here's the Mariners, here's their number, do I feel like they're better or not? But the way I did it, since we're going to be doing record predictions later in the week, is I did my record predictions without looking at the list and then saw if it was over or under. And so um, that's just the uh, technique that I went with. All right. Should we start with the Yankees? Yeah, let's start with the Yankees. Okay. So CBS Sports, according to their website, has them at 37 and a half wins. Um, so right about that 38 mark that we were just talking about. I'm going to yeah, go. I, I'm going over. I'm also going over. So this is maybe me where I come in with my lack of baseball knowledge, but I'm going on the under here. I'm only so, saying – my, I'm only saying that because the over means you're predicting them to win almost two-thirds of their game in a 60-game season, where I think it actually will make it harder to win as many because, like, every team is – in my mind, it's going to be like you're going to have less teams who have less to play for because it's such a short season. So everyone's going to be, in theory, playing better, at least trying to. The way, the way I look at it, though, Aaron, is just looking at that division – they're so much better than even the Rays, who are also a very good team. And so I feel like with the Rays and the Red Sox, that alone should be about 12 wins between those two teams. And then they get 20 games against the Orioles and Blue Jays, which they should win about 15 of. So just then and there, that's 27 wins already. And then, I mean, yeah, they play the NL East, which is a very good division. But out of any team in the NL East or AL East, I'd say the Yankees are the best team. Yeah. And so 20 games against Baltimore and Toronto. Yeah. Not each, but total, yeah. That's and, crazy. They destroyed the Orioles last year. And also, for me, it's as simple as the Yankees almost won two-thirds of their game last year with a team that was very injured. 
Now they have a team back at full strength, and they added a kid named Garrett Cole. Like there's yeah, some- not to mention the fact that, like we kind of talked about, there is a big difference between 38 and 40 wins. I think 37 and a half was a really good line for this. I yeah. just I'm not going to reveal any records this uh, podcast because we're going to be doing that later in the week. But I had it very close to this line, just slightly over. Yeah, I think they're significantly better than last year's team, who still won 103 games. Okay, I can get behind that. I get that logic. I haven't seen. But it's the also schedule. there's just there really is just as good a chance they don't like. The, there's really no right or wrong here. All right, let's move. Over, let's move to the Rays. All right. The Rays coming in at 34 wins. What do you guys think about that? I have the over again. Yeah. Um, I really like the Rays. I think that them and the A's are really the money ball, you know, franchises. Obviously, the A's, when you think money ball, you think A's. But the Rays have really done a great job constructing a roster. Basically, with people like Josh and I have talked about this, with people that nobody else wanted but they get for cheap and it worked for them last year. And I think it'll work again this year. Yeah. And it's just their pitching. I mean, last year they already had one of the best the staffs in baseball. Now I was with Tyler Glass now being hurt most of the year. He's now back better than ever. You're adding him with Charlie Morton who finished second in the AL and ERA and Blake Snell, who's who was also hurt last year. Yeah. And is two years removed from winning the Cy Young. I mean, they also have some good depth in their bullpen with Nick Anderson and Diego Castillo. They have, they have some good bats. They're great defensively, and they're a very, very well-managed team. And I think managers are going to matter more than ever this year, just in terms of getting a team back together and creating a cohesive clubhouse. And I really like Kevin Cash. What did you have there, Aaron? I, I just realized you didn't say. I didn't have anything for the Rays, to be honest, because I have no literally nothing about their team. So like You I don't will- have an over or under, I mean? I was going to just say 34 was a fair number for them in general. Okay. Like, I kind of just had, I think, calling them 34 wins is a fair number. Like, I think if there's a way to pick whatever, like, I guess the exact number, that's what I would have. If that makes sense. I mean, I mean, they could win that many games, so I guess. Yeah. I, don't know, I guess really I would go with that. the over then. All right, or you could, I guess you would just not bet on that. Yeah. what you're trying to say. I don't know. All right. All right. So, so should we move on to the Red Sox? Yeah. So Red Sox, 31 and a half wins. I have them on the over here. I, I have the under. Yeah. They, they have no pitching. I mean. It's the pitching. Chris Sale is hurt. Their top two guys are Eduardo Rodriguez and Nate Evaldi. And, or, and Eduardo Rodriguez is also out for at least another week and yeah. a half because he was diagnosed with the coronavirus. Their bullpen isn't very good, and they're losing Mookie Betts. And they have a new first-year manager in. It's, it's just it's kind of a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I wasn't joking. I was talking to Josh yesterday, and I wasn't joking when I said I really think the Orioles have a better opening day starter than the Red Sox. They do. Which Who's is a serious issue. Opening day starter. John Means. Means. But he was like, an last year. He's serviceable. Yeah, he's, he was their token guy. And then Eovaldi hasn't been good since his slight run out of the bullpen in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, he throws gas, but everybody throws gas. These days, At the so. end of the day, for me, the three most important things this year are frontline starting pitching, power hitting, and managing. And the Red Sox only have one of the three. Yeah, which is obviously they're hitting. Their lineup is awesome, and that's what it's I was going to say. Good. The one Even without Mookie Betts, it's still a great lineup. I mean, just well, betting, yeah. 
Benintendi, Devers, Bogarts, and Martinez is a pretty good top four, not to mention they're sliding in Verdugo now. Yeah, not to mention Mitchie Two Bags, Mitch Moreland. Yeah. Love that guy. Still the right. lineup, but just the pitching. Right, exactly. Like they have a top 10, 5 10 lineup in the league, but they have a bottom five staff. So, yeah. We'll see. All right. Blue Jays. Do you have anything about why over KP or do you want to move it on? It was to the Blue hitting Jays? was kind of where it was for me was I looked at their lineup and it's just for me it was names that I recognize because I'm not like a big baseball guy. I kind of just looked like where you guys mentioned about their hittings, even without Mookie Betts, like they just have a strong hitting team. Uh, J- is J.D. Martinez that good? Like I know the name, but yeah. is he good? I mean, he's yeah. one of the best power hitters in the league. Yeah. That's what I thought. Like, just there were a lot of names that like stuck out to me for someone who like has intermittently followed baseball for a while. To be fair, Sammy, I should have thought about, I remember a while ago, you, me, and Yoni were playing, I think FIFA or something. And you mentioned how they don't have a starting pitcher really that you can rely on. And I probably well, should have realized that. Yoni's, I think what you're referencing is Yoni's a Red Sox fan. And, and the day that Yavaldi uh, was diagnosed with Corona, I kind of asked him besides um, I mean, the day that Eduardo Rodriguez was diagnosed, um, I asked him, besides Ivaldi, can you name a starter? And he couldn't, and that's an issue. Yeah, and I should have kept that in mind while making my predictions. But Josh, can you name another starter? I'm not even sure if I can. Like, like Josh is the baseball guy. Chris Sale is gone, or is hurt. David Price is gone. Like, Josh can, can uh, vouch for the fact that when it comes to current rosters, I know a good amount. Yeah. I know they got someone from the Twins, but I can't even remember the name, so. Yeah, all right. Should we but yeah. Blue Is Jays? Porcello a starter? He sucks. He's in the bullpen for another team now. Oh, all right. So their roster's not even updated. Um, Awkward. So Blue Jays, was it 27 and a half? 27 and a half. Yeah, it was. All right, I'm going under. I also went under. This was the first one where I was like, oh, this one's kind of easy. Yeah, I mean – it's really inflated. That number is inflated by some prospects that we're excited about. Do they have – sorry to interrupt, Josh. I'm looking at their roster. Aside from uh, Guerrero – how do you pronounce his last name? Guerrero. Guerrero. I don't – like, I also picked well, the under base. you're not going to recognize most of the names because they're a young team, but, like, Biggio and Bichette and, like, yeah. even Danny Jansen, like, they have a lot of young talent. Yeah. The issue is Teoscar not- Hernandez. The issue is it's not – they're not ready to be like contributors on a playoff team at all. And I think that they are the kind of team that could randomly be pretty good this year. I just don't see it. I also think that signing Hyunjun Ryu was a really questionable signing. I think he was clearly kind of like, that wasn't like, Oh, this guy's great now. It was more like, Oh, he's old and found control. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about the blue Hyunjun Ryu is a guy who's a valuable third starter on the playoff team at this point. Yeah. Like he was kind of perfect for the Dodgers. Yeah. And he might help inflate their wins a little bit, but it doesn't really help them. And it's just their bats aren't ready. Yeah. They definitely have a fun lineup, uh, not just this year, but moving forward. But it's just, I don't think it's quite, I don't think all the pieces are quite there yet. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Josh? It's time. I'm going the over on the Orioles. Wait, Josh, before you go into why, do you want to quickly mention, Sammy, the story about the Orioles from today? about the game that you perfectly remembered? Oh, yeah. KP showed me a picture of himself in an Orioles game from 2015. 
and he was able to tell me exactly who won the game and how. And it was what was it again, Josh? Machado. Wait, wait. Off to run homer. But can I ask something? Yeah. What what hints did you have? Like, was there some sort of scoreboard he in the background? The date and who they were playing. Okay, the date. Okay, that yes. Um, I so mean, there are a few dates game. here and there. That is crazy, but there are a few dates here and there that, especially with the walk-off win, like that just kind of sticks with you. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I'm going the over on the Orioles for a simple reason. It's twenty and a half. The under would mean they would win twenty games, which is a third of their games, which is what they did last year. And as crazy as it sounds, last year was an improvement over the year before. I mean, last year they were fifty-four and one hundred eight. The year before they were forty-seven and one fifteen. So just as simple as it it seems like they're going to keep improving by a few games every year, I'm just going to say they'll do better than winning a third of their games and maybe win 22 or 23. Yeah, this will be the first time that Josh and I disagree. I went with the under for a few reasons. First of all, I I think they got worse this off, as as unfathomable as that is. Their two best hitters, one of them being VR, they just kind of let go for some reason because they thought it would be fun. And then Trey Mancini is still battling, um, I think it was colon cancer. Yeah. And I wish all the best to him, obviously, but in terms of the Orioles team, I just feel like everywhere on their lineup, it's disappointing everywhere. And they're like, I just don't see it. I, I don't see how they could win well, 20 I games, think, honestly. I think, I think the little silver lining is there are a few young guys who were good towards the stretch who are coming up this year. So, like, Hunter Harvey and Austin Hayes will be all there last year. Renato Nunez and Hanzo Roberto will be able to build. But, like, I'm not really arguing going under. I just think with the progression of a rebuilding team, hopefully they'll go over. Right. And I agree that in a general year, I would I would probably give them the over. But they lost their two best hitters from last year, and so I really can't. And also, it's like saying that they're going to go less is not that ridiculous, considering, like, I don't want to bring up the 19 and 31 Nationals from last year. But, like, it is possible, very possible, for teams to have 50-game stretches where they win 20 or less games, even if they're good teams. So then you look at the Orioles and you're like, I just don't see it. The Orioles are terrible. I would not be surprised if they go under. Yeah. So I, my prediction had them going under. Aaron, what did you I said the under too. Um, For me, it was, I remember Trey Mancini. I just know the Orioles are a bad team, that they aren't a great hitting team. And you guys mentioned one of the big things that's going to like something to watch during this 60 game season is the hitting. And I know they're not a great hitting team. I don't know too much about their pitching, but I remember a lot last the year. The biggest issue is the pitching. We actually have a few decent bats. I mean, Renato Nunez, Hanzo Roberto, and Austin Hayes all showed flashes last year. None of those guys are really power hitters, though. Renato Nunez is. He hit, like, 35 homers or something. He did. Uh, the one other thing I will say is not that it matters because they're not really fighting for a playoff spot, but they still they have a very hard schedule. Yeah. I mean, they, everybody they in the have... AL East and NL East have pretty hard schedules but especially yeah. the teams at the bottom. I mean, other than the Marlins and the Blue Jays, every team that the Orioles play, I don't think they'll be favored in a single game. Yeah, I mean, listen, the biggest thing is they have the worst pitching in baseball. Yeah, and, and it's not like their manager is something to write home about. It's, it's Brandon Hyde. He's re- I mean, I, I like – He's a rebuilding I, manager. He's not going to be there once they're good. It's impo- last year was his first year, and it's impossible to judge him based on the roster he had last year. So – yeah, it's I, nothing to write home about. Yeah, I don't have an opinion on yet. But should we move to the AL Central? Let's do it. All right. So, so sorry, Josh, you can go ahead. I was just going to say that loud. Um, so we're starting off with the Twins. 
at 34 wins. I had the Twins going on the over at 34. I have them under. I have them over. I, I think the Twins are pretty good. They have they have probably the best power hitting in the league. I think that's, but other than the Yankees, uh, pretty unquestionable. Uh, they're pitching, not amazing, but their bullpen's severely underrated. They also acquired Sergio Romo from the Marlins this offseason just to make it even a little better. I don't feel like they really have a closer, and I think that's something that's going to help them uh, – not hope them, something that's going to hurt them in, like, a playoff scenario. But as a whole, I think their roster um, is definitely good enough to go over 30. I, I, I think they're a regression candidate for a couple reasons. First – Well, power, I agree, but I'll let you explain, yeah. First, no. just over the past few years – the Twins have been doing an every other year thing where 2014, they went 70 and 92. 2015, they went 83 and 79, missed the playoffs by two games. 2016, they went 59 and 103. 2016, they went 85, 77, made the playoffs. 2018, they went 78 and 84. 2019, they went 101 and 61. Um, and also, the thing with the Twins is if you look at their roster, it was a lot of guys last year who had career years, but not necessarily guys who you feel like were building blocks. So if you look at the difference in a lot of their numbers, it's sort of guys who had big spikes. So guys like Mitch Garver and Max Kepler, who I wouldn't necessarily expect to be great players going down the, down the road, but who had great years last year. They also did lose Jonathan Scope and CJ Crone. Crone, I mean. And they, they are still a really good team, and I think they'll probably make the playoffs. But I, I, I think they are a regression candidate, and I think they'll probably go under. I think they're a regression candidate for the simple fact that they broke the record for home runs, and that's not necessarily something so sustainable. The reason I think that they will not regress so much is because, yes, they've been going back and forth, but it's obviously different what they did last year than any other year. I mean, winning 100 games right. is not something to take lightly. Additionally, they have – the easiest schedule in my opinion out of any team it's either them or the indians that has the easy schedule just because their division at the bottom is awful and the nl central is the worst division in the nl so if you think the twins are better than the indians then the twins have the easy schedule if you think the indians are better than twins then the indians do but either way they're one and two and so i just feel like they could easily get over that without us thinking oh they're a world series candidate you know what i mean yeah i mean i think it for it's as simple as i think i do think the indians are better yeah, and um, I also have – unless, Aaron, you want to chime in quickly about the Twins? No, I, I've got nothing else. It was, for me, I did look at the schedules, and I looked at – so I realized they were playing the NL Central, which just looking at is Pittsburgh. The bomb three is not great there. Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Chicago, and like you said, worst NL division. So I'm assuming we're moving into Cleveland and – it's kind of interesting that you put Chicago in with Pittsburgh and Cincinnati, but that's a discussion for a different time. Um, but, yeah, like I was saying, moving on to the Indians, who at 32-and-a-half were very easy over for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know if the Twins are better than the Indians. I don't know if the Indians are better than the Twins, but I do know that they're both very good with easy schedules. And I think so far out of any of the ones we've addressed, Indians over 32-and-a-half would be my lock. Yeah, I mean – I agree with that. They are, they have one of the best managers in baseball. Mike Clevenger, Shane Bieber, and Carlos Carrasco is a really good top three. And, I mean, last year, you know, Lindor, they were hurt for a lot of the year. Lindor never seemed right. Jose Ramirez had a bad year but started to pick things up. 
and even with all of those injuries, they still won 93 games. I mean, sort of the way I look at it is last year the Twins were at their max, and last year the Indians were really banged up, and the Indians still managed to only finish eight games behind them. So Not only that, Josh, but they managed to be the best team to ever miss the playoffs. Yeah, in the two like, wild card era. Like, it's not as though they were a bad team. They still won, what, 90, they were a 94 games? They were a 93-win team, and they're more right. healthy this year. To put that into perspective, the Nats, who won the World Series, were a 93-win team. And, yeah, they're much more healthy this year. Their pitching was completely shattered in terms of injuries last year. Yeah. I, I for sure think that the Indians are good. Um, and uh, I, think it's, I think one of the great discussions this year is who's the better team, the Twins or the Indians, but we'll get to that later in the week. Yeah. Quick question. Um, the, do the Indians, this is kind of a useless question, just me knowing random players, do they still have Lindor? Yeah, Yeah, of course. I assume so. I He's the best shortstop in baseball. I liked watching him play. So, right. I'd say it's the best. So, let's go to the White Sox. Alright. The White Sox teams. The White Sox had a very eventful offseason, to say the least. Um, Yasmani Grandal they added, obviously. And they added a few other guys, Luis Robert or Robert, not exactly sure which one it is. I've heard both. I'm going to say Robert, though. Luis Robert is probably the number one prospect these days in terms of guys coming into the MLB. He's a rookie of the year candidate. Everything we've been seeing from him, his teammates call him the next Mike Trout. That's obviously a joke um, just because you can't ever expect anybody to be Mike Trout. But I could see him being the next young star. Uh, 31 and a half, though, is high. seems a little high. Yeah, that's and it's a shame because while I'm going with the under with the White Sox, but that's not to say that I don't think the White Sox are pretty good. Yeah, because I do, but I think 31 and a half for a first year team that kind of is one of those teams that feels like they just added a lot of mediocre talent. I obviously love Giolito, but I'm not sure the pitching is completely there. Bray is still around. I think under 31 and a half, though. Yeah, I, I think they're a 500 team. Um, yeah, me too. 500 or a little bit below. I think 31 and a half is a little bit high. You know, adding a guy like Edwin Encarnacion was good. Dallas Keuchel is okay at this point. Um, you know, Gonzalez as well, former national. I mean, I'm he's out, but at this point. But I, I said before, I think Tim Anderson is overrated. Um, Yoan Moncada is a good piece, but I, I just think it's early to say they're a winning team. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, so I also took the under on this, and I think one part of it for me too was the fact that the Cleveland Indians were 32 and a half. And I feel like the Indians are more than a game better than the White Sox. Like, I don't know if that makes a ton of sense to you guys. I know what you mean. Like in terms of predictions, nobody should be saying, Oh, the Indians will be one game better than the White Sox. Exactly. That's kind of where my decision came from, which was like, I knew which was a, what was a good team. What was a bad team. So like if a bad team was really close to a good team and win project projection, then I took the under, if that makes sense. I will say that the White Sox are one of three teams who I feel in the AL that the 60-game season benefits the most just because they do have talent on their roster, and a 60-game stretch for them could go any way, but there are also just a lot of question marks there. And so I think putting them at 500 makes a lot of sense, and that would be under 31.5. Also, their bullpen's really bad, Um, but so is most teams these days, so. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on to the Royals. They have yeah. the fourth worst projected or fourth worst odds in the AL. They have a 25 win projection. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm going way under. 
Yeah, I think they're the worst team in the AL. I, I think the Tigers and Orioles and Mariners are worse, but I'm still going under. I don't know how you can possibly call them the worst team in the AL. Out of the teams I just named, they have the best lineup. Um, I mean, I they have guys. Think- they're young. Uh, their pitching is obviously not that great, but I like Mitch Keller – or, I'm sorry, Brad Keller, or one of the two, one of the Kellers. But either way, Alberto Mondesi is really fun to watch. They have, like, guys who just seem to – they had three – here's a weird story. They had, like, three of the top four triple guys in Whit Merrifield and, like, also Hunter Dozier. It's because they play in Carlton Stadium. Yeah, I know. But, like, they just have guys who I think are seriously good bats. And so uh, I definitely don't think they're the worst team. For in me, AL. it's they are. They have zero changes from a team that won 59 games last year. Last year, just they're a bad team all around. They finished in the bottom 10 in the league in in baseball. I mean, in on base percentage, OPS, runs, home runs, ERA, WHIP, walks per nine, Ks per nine, and hits per nine. Um, and but the pitching stats were both their rotation and bullpen. So yeah, I think they're getting better, though. I don't think they're a team on the decline. But I, I disagree. They have no new people coming up. It's not like they have any – even their good players at this point are more established players. Like Jorge Soler and Hunter Dozier are both 28. They're sort of the younger guys. They don't have any young guys coming up who – like even for me as an Orioles fan, I'm not excited to watch this Orioles team but there are a couple individual guys who I'm sort of going to keep an eye on and be excited to watch throughout the year. I just don't think the Royals have any of that. Like, yeah, they, I don't think they need it, though, is what I'm trying to say. I don't think it's like that for them. I don't think it's, oh, they, if they want to get better, they need to call someone up. I think it's, oh, if they want to get better, they need more reps. And I, just, I, I think that's the lineup they have in place right now. I think it's just zero changes on what was a terrible team. Yeah, but they weren't the worst team in the AL last year. And they're not yeah, going to be this I year. I think the difference is the other teams are getting a little bit better. Yeah, I, I really don't see it. Uh, I, had, I would at least say they're better than Detroit based off your 30-minute oral history I was given today by Josh. Jo- Sammy, another thing you missed today was Josh, when we went and got lunch, gave me a 30-minute oral history starting in 1901 of the Detroit Tigers. That's just, that might be the least surprising thing I've ever heard. I've decided I'm a huge Hank Greenberg fan and that he was uh, scammed by the league for being Jewish. So just thought I would throw that in. But so finally, then let's uh, move to the Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers have – their thing is 22 wins over or under. I'm going under on this. So I'm I also think, going under. I think it's sort of around that number. For the simple reason that I think Casey is worse this year, but I understand more what they're doing because the, the Detroit made two moves this offseason. CJ, they got, they picked up CJ Crone and Jonathan Scope, both of whom are good bats who will help them win a couple more games this year, but who do nothing for them going forward down the road. So I don't really understand what they're doing as an organization. But for the purposes of this discussion, I think they got a little bit better from last year, even though I'm not sure whether it makes sense as an organization. Okay, but there's, there is such a thing as getting a little bit better and still going under. I just think 22 is the right number for them. 
yeah, I don't know. I think it's under. I think they're the second worst team in the AL besides the Orioles. Um, I, I I really don't think they're very good. Even CJ Grant, Jonathan Scope aren't going to do too much to me. Yeah, make no, me say, oh, terrible. these guys. They're in a terrible spot. I just think both them and the Royals are. And I don't know if there's a huge difference between the two. Right. I, I guess I see the Royals in a different category as the Tigers. I see the Tigers and the Orioles in a category. And then the Mariners – the Royals and the uh, Blue Jays in a slightly different category. I sort of look at the Blue Jays as a category above the, them, and then I look at sort of those four in the same category. Yeah, I don't know. All right, we'll see what happens. Though. I throw the Rangers in that Blue Jays category, though. Um, but let's move to moving the on to the AL West, yeah. So top of the AL West, Houston Astros at 35 Houston wins. Houston Astros. Uh, mm-hmm. 35 wins, I went over. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Their World Series has an asterisk. They still have a they're still a really good baseball team. Yeah, definitely. They have they still have a very strong roster. Listen, they have two of the three best right-handed pitchers of the of the past 10 or 15 years, both of whom are still at the top of their game. They still Frankie have is a, not at the top of his game. Who are he was still awful. Frankie, he was are, awful last year. He was fine. In the playoffs other than game 7, he was awful. Frankie's still a quality and serviceable pitcher. I don't know. He had a five ERA. I don't like. I think Verlander's great. I still think the Astros. Like, are he's at the top of his game. No, Frankie had a two nine three ERA last year. No, in the playoffs, besides Game Seven. Oh, oh, I, I'm just talking about in general. I mean, Frankie's still a good pitcher. Yeah, but he's he well, he's a multi time Cy Young winner, and you're saying he's still at the top of his game. Yeah, that that was, that was an exaggeration. But yeah, that's all I'm saying. He's still a very good pitcher. Verlander's coming off of the Cy Young and. They have Jose Altuve, who's an MVP winner. They had Alex Bregman, who was an MVP candidate last year. They had George. Their lineup goes on and on. They had George Springer. George Springer would have been the 60-game MVP last year, but then got hurt. Correa. Yeah, they're really good. Not to mention rookie of the year, Jordan Alvarez. Yeah, 35.5 is way too low. It really really is. This one was pretty easy for me. The, The only thing is, like, with great teams, you don't know how they're going to perform over a 60-game stretch, but especially with all the adversity that the Astros went through this offseason. Yeah. And it really depends on how they bounce back from that. They do have, you know, Dusty Baker. Like, they have a new managerial staff kind of in there, and we'll yeah. see how that affects things. I do things, think there's but... a chance from a 2007 and 2016 Patriots-style FU season. Yeah, we'll see. Um, let's move to the A's. Yeah, the A's um, were projected to win 32-and-a-half. Um, yeah. I had them going over. Yeah, I, I have them. I really have made my mind on this because I think it's around there. I, I'm probably going to go a little bit under just because I think they're a really good team. And this is a situation where if you translate it into an 162-game season, I'm going over. But this, this current iteration of the A's is a team that's always been a second-half team. And they've always been sort of a 500 team in the first half that busts out in the second half. So it's really just a simple reason as I haven't seen them start off strong yet. I think they're much better than the 500 team, but that's honestly why I'm doing that. So my thinking when it comes to stuff like that is there's two ways to look at it. One, teams don't start well, and so they're they're not suited for a 60-game season. Or teams finish well, and you can choose to look at this as a finish to a certain extent, just based on how it's going to be treated in terms of how managers are going to be using their bullpens 
starters and playing their guys every day. And so I'm kind of choosing to look at it where those kind of cancel out. And I'm not looking at like who's good in the first half generally, who's good in the second half generally. The only time where I would really look at it is that is like a few individual players. But for the A's as a whole, I think that weren't they like a 99 win team last year? Yeah. Uh, 97. And, I mean, but yeah. through 60 games, they were 30 and 30. I think the thing with the A's. Right. Is- and I'm saying I don't, I don't see that as an issue because in their last 60 games, they were probably 40 and 20. Right. But I think part of the reason for that is not because of a difference in the way the game was managed. It's because the A's have a type of team where they don't really have any guys who are going to carry you for a 10 day period but they have a lot of guys who come together as a team and that's not going to manifest itself over a short period of time. But as you go through a year and individual players start getting dogged down, that kind of thing becomes more and more important. But throughout this year, I think individual players are more important and they don't really have a bat who can carry them for an extended period of time. They have good pitching and they have a lot of really good pieces that come together and it's a brilliantly constructed team, but I don't know how it translates into a 60 game season. I don't totally understand how you can say the Rays will go over and the A's won't because they're constructed the same way. They're built on. The Rays they're built on top line pitching. That's why. It's the, I mean, all right, but it's I a, guess I guess I appreciate the fact that the Astros have a better or the uh, Athletics have a better lineup. Um, I think they'll go over. I do think it's very close, but I think slightly. Yeah. Over. I had the Rays going over. All right. Um, so let's move to the Angels. The Angels had the odds of thirty-one wins. Yeah, I, I, okay, go ahead, Aaron. My thing is, again, you guys know I'm not the biggest baseball guy, but just pure roster talent. I feel like in a 60 game season, the bats of Rendon and Trout can carry them to over what I say was even 31 wins. Yeah, 31. Like, along with the rest of their lineup, which is so so. Their lineup's great, their pitching's. Yeah. Maybe the worst in the league. Their pitching is terrible. There are a lot of questions about whether Trout is going to finish the right. year. It's a bunch of players coming together. I think 31 is way too high. I do too. I have them on the under. As much as I love Rendon, as much as I see the vision about having that line of protection that Rendon had, but now to a whole other level, Otani's mm-hmm. awesome. They have no pitching, including Otani. Even let's say Otani's a decent pitcher. They still have probably the second or third worst pitching in the AL. Yeah. Their pitching is as bad as the Orioles, or almost as bad. Yeah, I think the Red Sox probably have the worst pitching situation, and then the Orioles and the Angels are right there. Yeah. I mean, their their pitching is terrible. And even – they have a solid lineup, but it's not necessarily a deep lineup. It's very tough. I actually disagree. I really like David Fletcher. Like, I feel like they have guys who kind of fly under the radar. Um, I think, like, Upton, Pujols, these are veteran guys. And then, like, David Fletcher, you know, for War Fletcher, he's always solid. I don't know. I think their lineup's good, but I can't, I can't call them over 500 if they it's don't fine. have – It's fine. There are too many questions surrounding them. So, I have them, I have them pretty, pretty uh, easily under. Okay. Yeah. All right. Rangers, 28 and a half. Is that what it was? Yeah. This, yeah, 28 and a half. This is my lock. I am saying for sure the Rangers will go under 28 and a half. I flip-flop for this. I'm going to go a little bit under. They, I think they're the definition of a plus – like, over a 162-game season, they're a definition of a plus or minus eight games, 500 team. Like, they, they're a team that 
in a regular season is guaranteed to have a record that's in the 70s and 80s. There's no way this team's over 500, in my opinion. Uh, in, I, a regular, in a regular season, like in a 162-game season, no way I can see the Rangers winning 85 games. Yeah, I mean, they have some solid pieces in their bats. They have Joey Gallo, Willie Calhoun, Shinsu Chu's been solid for them. Danny Santana and Todd Frazier are some nice guys. They picked up Corey Kluber. Um, but I, I don't think they're that great. I, I don't have a strong opinion on the Rangers. Yeah, I think them and the Indians. I'd say the Indians are my lock for over. The Rangers are my lock for under. I would be interested if you guys have a lock for either of those that oh, you would want to no. throw out. I would say I would probably put the Indians and Astros as overlocks, and I'd put the Blue Jays as an underlock. Yeah, the only reason with the Astros is only because their number's so high that you just yeah. never know. All right, should we um, go, quickly go over the Mariners? Well, did Aaron tell us what he thinks about the Rangers? I said under. Okay. Or at uh, least I, I might have said it in my head. All right, Mariner, is it 23 and a half? Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Right, I have them under. Yeah, they're not under. a very interesting team. There's not much going on there. It's they under. might be the least interesting team in the league. Yeah. 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 I mean, they're under. They're not very good. It, it is what it Malik is. Malik Smith's good at running. Yeah. But, yeah, it is what it is with them. So, that was our – Also, do you see that their, their uh, prospect coming up, Rodriguez, Julio Rodriguez, I think it is, broke his wrist? Really? No. Yeah, no. so things are not going well in Seattle. Yeah. So, um, that was our AL over-unders. Tomorrow – Yeah, it was fun. With NL over-unders. We are excited for baseball. Um, do you guys have anything else? I think Sammy just bring us home. Well, KP, did you give us your locks? Uh, I don't have locks. I'll maybe have NL locks, but no AL locks. All right. Well, yeah, I don't have anything else to add. So other than that, make sure you guys check out our uh, Instagram at the Floater Pod, our Twitter at the Floater Pod, and our website floaterpod.com. Um, other than that, I'd love to remind you guys to stay loyal. <laughs>